What is up, everybody? You're listening to the Stay Tranquilo podcast, where we're going to help you stress a little bit less and enjoy a whole lot more. Today, we got a hell of a guest on. His name's Devin Cahuste, and, I, and I'll kind of leave it there and let him do his intro. But, um, you know, stay tuned for a hell of an episode. We got a great message for you guys, and I know we haven't been around. But, you know, for Devin's fans, I, I kind of want to give a background of what we do, and I'll do that a little bit later in the podcast. But um, this is all about Devin and his message and kind of like spreading awareness out there for, for everyone. So, Devin, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Hey, what's up? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on big time. With that being said, I love this. You brought back uh, some good memories. I remember when I was playing football first year in college, we go to the Rose Bowl, and I have this block for Stefan Taylor, and he scores a touchdown, and the announcer goes, Devon, guy who stayed with the block. <laughs> you know, that I'm Hispanic, and it's, my last name is Devin Kajuth, and oh. it's funny, it's like, no, 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 don't worry. I actually want to keep that on just because it's so that's awesome. and innocent. And I love it because so many people like just jack it up. And I haven't heard Kahuste in a long time. Damn. So I appreciate you bringing it back. <laughs> I really I'm, I'm glad that, that worked out that way because I, I definitely butchered it. <laughs> yeah, no worries, my friend. Yeah, good juice. Tia is silent, no worries. Got it. But um, hello, everybody. I appreciate y'all taking a listen here. I can feel nothing but good energy from this man. So appreciate that. Share some wisdom, and if y'all have any questions, hit me up on the Instagram. We'll probably bounce that out at the end. Yes, sir. and uh, let's uh, move on forward. Oh yeah, so you know, uh, I kind of you know just to give a little bit of background of you know what State Tranquilo is. I know we haven't really discussed that either, but you know, for anybody that's a new listener uh, or old listener, I, I love. All right, uh, so yeah, uh, ca- ca- kind of just to give a, a background of what the State Tranquilo message is. And spreading, you know, positivity and, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, good vibes. But um, what State Tranquilo stands for is, and, and kind of to your point about the Spanish and all that, is that we want people, you know, to remember that life sometimes you don't have to take so serious, that some of our problems are problems that we create in our minds and not necessarily real problems that, that are out there. Um, you know, kind of that reminder that everything that that happens happens for a reason. So, you know, that's kind of the framework of this message. And, uh, you know, somebody by the name of George Polo, who's a really good friend of mine, is the one that connected me with uh, Devin. So he showed me what, you know, what he stood for, his kind of rituals during football and after football. And we'll get into that. But, um, you know, he's really about spreading that same positive message, understanding that it's it comes from a mindset, it comes from a way of of, of rituals and certain actions that we take on the daily. And that really shifts, shifts our, our, our mindset in our life. So, you know, with that being said, one, one of the first things, and, and I don't want this to be, you know, too Q and a, but you know, something that I'm sure a lot of people want to ask is like, what was your kind of ritual for, for the pregame when it came to for game days? So honestly, the only real ritual that I had, when the game was happening was I'd be on the field with <laughs> it was coach Doug who was the tight end coach at the time but I would always do this uh, I'd also call him, uh, Teddy Bruski was the other guy he was the equipment manager but he had to you know do other stuff on the field but I'd always go into the field and I'd make sure I'd do the same little active warm-up with the way that I caught the ball and I'd do this nice little like running routes uh, stand in place catch one-handed catches two-handed catches flip and turn 
and it would be the same like 15 minute warm up before every game in the back right corner of the end zone on our side. And we always just made sure that that was the one thing that I kept consistent out of sight of that. I didn't care about the socks a little like the socks. Maybe I always had to have a fresh pair of gloves was the superstitious one. Okay. Um, but um, the cleats sometimes maybe, but it was always just making sure the way that I caught this ball in this routine with the coach. Um, what I try to emphasize now is like stick to some routines, general outlines and guidelines, but don't make them the end all be all. Right. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, like being a little bit flexible and not being so strict on your regimen, I guess, right? Yes, because you have to allow flexibility and change. And if you don't, if you aren't willing to change and you stick to the same routine, if you keep doing what you always got, you're only going to get what you always had. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I mean, to me, one one thing that, that I kind of use like as a foundation in my life is, you know, when if my life seems stagnant or things are kind of staying the same, that means there's something that I need to change, you know, because that that I guess for lack of a better term is, you know, that energy is kind of stuck there and you're not doing anything to kind of keep that moving. So I think, you know, that consistent change and that consistent, you know, shifting, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I think, you know, even the minor things make a huge difference. Dude, it's always about the little things. Like a lot of people think that it's always about actually the big thing, but the big thing is a culmination of a thousand little things. And people always want to think about these overnight successes and they're like, I just need this one big, great idea. But it's actually just doing all of the little things right over and over and over and over again. And until you do that, then you're always going to – if you, until you do that, like the big thing really won't come together as smooth as it's supposed to. Right. Um, because you're rushing the process. I don't know how many times we probably all have heard now <laughs> with social media. Yeah. It's all about the journey. Yep. Are you there? Yes. Can oh, you hear okay. me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. So you were saying, yeah, all about the journey, right? Yeah, so it's like really remembering that it's, again, all about the journey, keeping it smooth, but start with the little things. It's got to be starting small. You know, one of the greatest things that I've learned is this thing called the domino effect. And with that, you know, a domino will knock down a replica domino that can be 50% heavier. And it will continue if you keep raising the next domino by 50%, 50%, 50%. You know, the impact that you can have 10 dominoes down is pretty significant, but you have to start small. There's no way you can knock down that 10th domino if you just try to hit that head on. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people just try to do that. They want That's what their big ideas or the next big app or, you know, they're just going to come out with the next big invention. And it's because they're not starting small. Yeah. They're and not starting with the concepts and taking I, I, the time. I think a part of that too that kind of leads to that is you know that that desire for instant gratification where you know no one's no one's willing to put in the work or put in the time and put in the you know the sweat and tears to get that sweet satisfaction that comes at the end you know they want that right now before before anything else but in in, in reality nothing tastes as good until you put in that work and you put in that time that's why it tastes so good you know and I'm sure in in, in football and and playing in the programs that you played in, like you, you felt that in some of those because you know you're you're working your ass off, and 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 every day, every practice, you know, every game, and sometimes the outcome doesn't, I guess, follow. But you know that loss makes that win feel so much better. Right, and that's the thing is like people try to make it black and white. They look at mm-hmm. every loss as a failure, and like, oh, woe is me, and 
then they're like back to the drawing board and then they just completely start over. Right. But they don't, and there's nothing wrong with that to an extent, but you're still missing half of that picture. You have to, the reasons of why you failed and look at like, well, what did you achieve in that failure? So then when you go back to the drawing board, you take what did work mm-hmm. and then just take out what didn't. Exactly. Or just again, look at like, how can you refine what was so close, you know? And so when you start over, now you have an even better and more improved version of yourself if you do that reflection. Right. No, thousand percent. I think I think you can have said that any better. Um, so one of my next questions that I had for you, and I, I, I know it's something that, you know, I don't know how, how much you want to get into it, but it's something that obviously Hard Knocks brought it out. Um, and that was, you know, the time when you were playing football and your and your dad. Um, I don't know, you know, if you want to get into that, but I'm sure that was a, a difficult time and and something that, you know, transparency sometimes can help people. And I, I, I think this is a moment that that people can definitely, you know, relate to in terms of it being very difficult, but also something that, again, to your point, you know, something that you learn from and you come out stronger from at the end. So in which, in which aspect of it? Cause we did end up talking about a lot. So just give me a little bit of what you're looking for here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like, you know, how it affected, I guess, you know, your future decisions, if it had any, um, you know, effect on that or, you know, when you were playing football, was it, you know, how, how distracting was it and how was it, something that you were able to overcome and and kind of come out stronger at the end um and is that sorry and i, I guess i'm not i may not be following properly yeah, yeah, but is course. that no, in relation to my dad being there or not or like his health issues or the yeah. relationship so um you know I, if you want to kind of tell, tell the story but oh, yeah i don't mind i'm okay. just trying to make sure i understand what you're asking yeah, yeah no for sure um no i mean Right, I guess while you were in football and kind of like when the health issues started to arise and then, you know, mm-hmm. after, you know, that whole journey of that. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's because my dad has told me since I was 13 years old that he may pass rather soon. Okay. It's kind of always been in my mind. And, you know, we learn a lot at a young age. And don't forget, like hearing you may lose your dad, the impact that that kind of has. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had time to kind of process that. So. At that moment, you know, he'd had three heart That was his third heart attack, you know, a stroke, two heart attacks. He had a pacemaker. He has a pacemaker, had a tracheotomy, dealing with lung cancer, dealing with stomach cancer, like dealing with all of these battles, right? Mm-hmm. And so it became this long, grueling process of like, damn, like another thing coming. And at first, it was tough for the moment because you're like, man. Like, it's just another thing building on top of his situation. Right. And then at the same time, it's like, but I've been prepared for this. He's been telling me thing after thing. He's been in the hospital up and down, back and forth, over and over and over again. And so what made it hard was like, yo, this is my dad who's going, who could pass at any second. But then what made it easy was like, look at what he embodies. Mm -hmm. This man embodies like what fight is. Um, this man is constantly waking up every day or going to sleep every day, not knowing if he's going to wake up the next. And yet he just knows how to just keep trekking on. And his will is one of the strongest wills I've ever seen um, with regards to that fight. Okay. And, and you know, I know, I, I don't know exactly the timeline, but how long was it when was it? So I know it was something that you were battling at, you said 13, right? Yes. So, um, you know, when I guess towards the end of the career, do you think you leaving football, did that have any part to do with it? Or is that more solely like 
just kind of like because I, I I know that I guess Hard Knocks was towards the end, right? Or am I wrong there? Uh, yeah, no. Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks was the last segment. Last, like last when segment, I got right? released, it was like making a decision about a month or so after that. Okay, so I mean, I guess was was it like kind of because I know I know Hard Knocks kind of brought out the story out there. So, you know, you were reaching people and you were impacting people. And I know that's kind of the person that you are today. And obviously I'm sure that's the person you've always been, but you know, was, was, I guess that trajectory of when hard knocks came in, was that kind of like what pushed you out of football or I guess talk a little bit of what got you to make that decision. So actually hard knocks had nothing to do with it other than one, like one moment. It helped me, realize the impact I can have on people outside of the game. And I, again, I did something like playing football. I started that because I wanted to make my dad proud. Mm -hmm. I wanted him to smile. I wanted him to love me. I wanted him to show me more affection. I wanted anything to do to get that smile from him, you know? And many of us do that. Yeah, no, I could definitely relate to that. You know, because all we want is, again, in the end, it's that love. Mm -hmm. And... So I, when I had to decide to leave that, it was because I had this epiphany. I had saw in one of the episodes, you know, talking about the crystals the most and the type of impact that it had. And so when people reached out to me on Instagram, mm-hmm. so intrigued about what is this? I want to understand this. Uh, you helped change my life. Like, I, I want to learn all about this. And just that yeah. was making a greater impact on anybody than any play on the field. I was getting more questions about crystals and stones than I was about, like, what do you think about the game? Right. You know? And that's where I'm like, why am I forcing myself to do something that I don't truly love? Yeah. I like the game, but I was never really in love with the game. I had loving moments. But don't get me wrong, beautiful experiences. Yet, when I was done with the game and I was working in a crystal store and I did my first healing on somebody, when they opened their eyes and they looked at me with this, like, awe or, like, profound experience and healing that they did i'm the conduit mm-hmm. i was a facilitator but they did this healing there's you can't you can't do that with football yeah. you know you can like you know lead by example like i want to be you when i grow up but you know everyone wants to be lebron james steph curry kobe bryant like there's so many people doing that right like right. putting in the work and the hard work but to show somebody what they have within themselves and they can truly heal what that is like you cannot replicate that and there's nothing that comes close to that. And so being a conduit for that leaving is what was the greatest experience and hard knocks. The only thing that it gave me again was to show me the impact I can have on people to really be the greatest mirror to themselves. No, that's awesome. And, and you know, you can't even ask for, I guess, better timing. You know, I'm, I'm a very big believer that the timing in life, you know, flows for a reason the way it does. And, and I think, you know, it, you coming to that realization was the perfect timing for that, you know, just late in, you know, a, a few years into into your career. So you, you know, don't have to look back and say, hey, wow, you know what, do I miss that? You know, am I still one foot in, one foot out? And I, to me, you know, that's that's one of the hardest things is when you're so torn between two things, you know, you can't exert that energy both ways. You know, you got to be committed to to one or the other. Because the moment that you're committed to, you know, 50% here, 50% there, you're basically playing a tug of war battle with yourself. Yes, you end up fighting yourself and you're wasting energy and then you're not giving the full potential to either or. And what I would advise people if you're sitting right now and you're thinking like, am I doing that? Mm -hmm. My real question to you is like, 
when you decide to change or leave whatever it is that you're doing, is your fight or your resistance to stay because of the things around you, what people will say, what society will say, the money you quote-unquote may lose. Mm -hmm. If that's your reason, then I would say it's in the wrong space. But if your reason to stay is because it's your passion, it's an expression of self, your self-worth and value is what makes you truly joyful, not just happy, mm-hmm. then you're in the right space. Yeah. And so that's where I'm trying to advise you. And you're like, well, then what do I do from here? How do I go and step forward? Well, that's, well, that's, that- that's that step into the unknown. You know, I, I, I think to your point, that's, you know, what you're holding onto is fear-based and nothing good mm-hmm. comes out of fear. So mm-hmm. when you're stuck in that, you know, what if, that right there is already you creating a scenario that doesn't even exist, you know? And that's, that's, that's the part that people I feel like get flustered. It's, it's having that sense of awareness saying like, Hey, you know what? I'm not doing this because I'm creating a fake scenario in my head. That's not necessarily true. And that's, those are the moments right there where you just got to go do it. Mm -hmm. Cause remember fear is not real. Mm -hmm. Fear is just the illusion. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Trust me. I struggle with that as well. Yeah. And we recognize because we, we run like what do we react actually more to? What's more sustainable? Mm-hmm. Is it the expression of love? What do we crave? Love. We don't crave fear. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so when you experience fear, it could be really intense. It could be damaging. There's PTSD. Exactly. I understand that. But when we chase something, it's after love. When we feel joy, it's on a level that fear cannot even reach. It cannot even. It doesn't erupt in your body like making you feel the highest of highs. Fears will never do that. And so when we remove the illusion of self-doubt, man, the things that we're capable of achieving and when we have that mode of confidence, keep recreating that, keep going through that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hell yeah. So it's like that's what I want to say is just really diving into that. So, And a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people will just meet with their own obstacles. And the only one recreating that fear is themselves. For sure. And that's what I really want to emphasize because the only perception of reality you have is yours. Nothing else. Yeah, every, everything else that, that you kind of pull in, once it becomes an outside person making the influence on your decision, right there is already step one of you know the wrong decision. Right, because that's a decision outside of – it's nothing within you. It's not your energy. It's their energy. And so if you allow their perceptions to affect your energy, I mean I'd still be in football. Yeah, I will still be suffering. And that's when pain becomes suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, you could take pain and then create it into endurance, which becomes your strength. I love that. Or you can let it destroy you and then it becomes your suffering. That, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, dude. That's that's freaking spot on. You couldn't have said that any better. I'm gonna write that Thank down. You. I'm, I'm gonna write that uh, down. I'm gonna write that down for me right now. <laughs> so I um, uh so uh I guess, uh, you know, kind of transitioning there, uh, I guess what, what was one thing that you miss about football? And that's what's one thing that you definitely don't miss about football. One thing I definitely miss is playing with my teammates. I love competing in the weight room, going on the field, fighting the good fight. Um, you just like, that's the game, right? You're just right. watching your brother succeed and let's like unite and like the nitty gritty. You guys grind together. No one else goes to that grind like you guys do. You all share it. Um, one thing I don't miss about the game are the concussions. <laughs> I don't miss smashing my face and like can't feel it, or like my yeah. mind goes absent, or it would mess up the way that I speak to people or my memories. Wow. Off. 
uh, which is the nature of the game. Don't get me wrong. But no, I don't miss of course. <laughs> and I, I know it's, and we won't get into it, but I just know, you know, obviously there's a big ordeal going on in the league with that. So, you know, if to hear you speaking about that, you know, obviously add some, some clarity there for people that, you know, cause you know, some people that have never played football at, at that level, obviously don't understand the physical component of the, of the game, you know? And, yes. and obviously I think the NFL is taking steps to, to fix that. But I think it's just like, to your point, it's the nature of the game. And, and that's why it's so important to just take care of yourself outside of football. Yeah. It's very important. So, and then I guess what is something that you don't miss is the concussions and best football moment right? from, from when you were a peewee to, to the day you ended. Yeah, that's 16 years, man. That's yeah, tough. I know. Uh, I'll give three mini moments. Okay. First year I ever played football, um, we went to this, what's called the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, and we were against Copake, and we were down by two touchdowns with two minutes left. And we came back and went up. Uh, Michael Siler ended up catching this huge pass downfield. And you know what, popcorn, you ain't throwing the ball. Yeah. But he catches <laughs> it on his butt, and then we go in there and we score, and we end, we end up 19-17. Um, second one, oh, I got to throw this in in high school because, you know, I'll just do it each step of the way. Okay, high school cool. was my freshman year. That Holy Cross team, we went 8-0. And um, Mike, in, uh, I think it's Mike Intercanto, not Intercanto, I'm blanking on his last name, right? But Mike caught the game-winning interception. Um, and my friend Nick Antenisopoulos, a few plays before, ended up doing this huge sneak pass play where I went from the left side of the field, ran to the right, ran a wheel route on the left sideline, caught it, and then ended up scoring, and we went up and won the game because of it. Damn. So to go 8-0, and and, we had, and Holy Cross hadn't gone 8-0 in 40-plus years, that wow. was wonderful. That's it. College level, <sighs> shit, man. Uh, the Rose Bowl, first year we won the Rose Bowl. Yep. And the super story behind that, Born January 31st, and um, that was the day the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. So the Super Bowl's always been big. And my mother and I, when I was also 10, 11 years old, I asked, what is the Super Bowl of college? And I said, did she go to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all? And I'm from Long Island, New York, and yeah. I didn't know anything about how the Rose Bowl would work or how you get into that. But I remember saying, what would be the chances that you could play in the Rose Bowl and the Super Bowl? you know, the two championships and to go into my collar and all of a sudden to play in the Rose Bowl. And then we win. Uh, that moment I had with my mom was truly spectacular. Something that was created eight years earlier. Um, and the other moment was in my final, in a, my final college career, uh, that where I ended up having one of my biggest games in my life against Notre Dame. Um, and that was a school that told me I'd never play offense. Mm-hmm. They want to give me an opportunity or a scholarship to do so. I can't be a receiver. And I had my career high. And to have the game-winning catch over the middle of the field, to set up the field goal for Conrad Ucapina, um, to take him out of the playoffs was just it was a sweet, sweet end. So That's awesome, dude. Yeah. No, I mean, one you – know, Obviously, never it's played. hard to nail them down to one because oh. there's so many different expressions, and I'm like, those top four just wow. They stick out to you, no, and yeah. and you know that's one thing. Like I I I never played sports to the professional level, but I played a little bit of baseball up to college, and you know one of the things that that I definitely miss about the game is just like, you know, putting putting in that work ethic around people that you know you're sharing that same end goal. You know, I I think that is something that 
from sports that you could definitely take is that community aspect, that like brotherhood aspect. And, and just when you're working towards an end goal with people that are working towards the same end goal as you, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's powerful. That's, I, I think that's the best way, way to put it. And, and the way I, I feel like how I've wanted to translate that in, in my life now is, um, you know, starting this has been challenging, you know, being by myself and, and, and working towards a goal when, no one else is really around you when you've played a team sport your whole life. Like, you know, that's kind of how the way I make that comparison. But then the moment you start surrounding yourself with people that, that are after the kind of the same end goal, you know, same thing, like in football, you're after that, that Super Bowl. here, you know, we're after, you know, impacting as many people as we can, you know, spreading positivity because of, of our personal stories and how, how we've felt, you know, in our journey, it's like, now, how can I give back, you know, and, and, and we're nowhere near, where we want to be, but why not help people while we're picking up our own journey? You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that, you know, community is something that from sports alone that I feel like has to be the biggest reward. Yeah. I, I mean, it really is. And one thing I wanted to note on your, you know, we're not where we want to be. It's also adding, but we're exactly where we're supposed to be at. And You're right. that's what I feel like a lot of people struggle with. It's like, damn, I'm nowhere where I want to be. Right. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that chip on that shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that means you'd be denying where you're at. And so adding that little component, but I'm, ex I'm right on time. Mm -hmm. But I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at in order to get where I want to be. When you accept the now, then you can create the future. But if you're only looking at the past, which you didn't achieve, and the future of where you're not at, mm -hmm. you're never present. And that's literally the only thing that can exist. And it's the only thing in that moment that can change and help you achieve where you'd like to be. Exactly. So if you're only stuck in the front back, well, start focusing now. Yeah. Have you have you actually read that book, The, the Power of Now? I have not. Hmm. A lot of what you were saying is actually like in that in that book. So you know, if if simple concept, yeah, exactly. So keep I'll, it simple. Keep it keep simple. simple. That's crazy. My that's that's three words on my mom's wrist tattooed. Keep it simple. <laughs> that's the word she lives by, and every day those three words make more and more sense. Dude, one of my uh, good people that I know, he'd always he'd say to me, he's like, "I want you to make something as simple as it possibly can, and never simpler." <laughs> that's and awesome. I was like, "Damn, that's amazing." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gold. That's yeah. gold, man. Yeah. But all right, man. Well, I think that's it. I know we want to, you know, keep it informative, keep it short and sweet. But yeah, I, I, I think I think we got a lot of good stuff out there. And again, dude, like I appreciate it like crazy for for you taking the time to to come out here. I know you're based in LA, right? Yes. Cool, cool. So yeah, we're we're down in in Miami. So we have that. That's why the Cuban accent exists in us down here. <laughs> but I love it. It's it's culture down here, dude. So if you're ever in Miami, let me know, and I I would definitely be down to link up. Or if I'm ever in LA, let's see if we we can link up down there for sure. Yeah, that'd be amazing, Andre. Really, and all the listeners out there again, I really appreciate you. Um, I hope this helps in any way, shape, or form. Keep listening to this guy, Andre. I can feel his genuine soul and his authenticity to really help many people. So I appreciate shout out that. to you, man. Like really big shout out. I appreciate you. And dude, the message you're spreading out there, like I, I want you to give everyone your Instagram because you know, <laughs> if, if anybody's, you know, dealing with anything, just life, just normal, it doesn't have to be anything serious. Just he's definitely a good follow. And, uh, 
he's spreading a good message, you know, better than a lot of people out there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. Really. Um, sure. So my Instagram is Devin Kajus eighty six. That's D E V O N Devin, and then my last name C A J U S T E. And that's like California CA, the word just, the letter E at the end with the number 86. Um, I hope this really helps you guys out again. And Andre, it's been a pleasure. Awesome, my man. Thank you. And I'll, and I'll make sure to tag it you know, across social so people can check you out as well. All right? You got it, brother. All, All right, right, my man. See you. Thanks, man. Later. Later.